Yep, yep. Let's do it. Yo, what's happening? It's the Joyride with your man Vidal Gabriel. I'm back after a long hiatus. Last time y'all seen me, like, it was right before the pandemic kicked off, but now I'm back kind of doing my thing. And I got a special guest with me. Uh, he's a Canadian composer. He's worked on a lot of classic TV shows and some anime you might have grown up loving here in Canada, if you are from Canada or seen it elsewhere. Give it up for my man, Richard Rodwell. How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. How are you, man? Thank you, man. That and like uh, this, uh, this man, uh, I had a, I can define him as punctual because like I emailed him yesterday and he got back to me immediately and we quickly uh, put this all together. So I gotta, I gotta thank you so much for being so punctual and actually coming on to uh, to my show. Thank you so much. Cheers, man. I appreciate it. You know, one thing I gotta say for for anybody out there listening, punctuality. You know, it, it, when an opportunity comes, you just jump on it. Don't. If somebody emails you, email them right back. You know, if somebody texts you, text them right back. Don't, don't, you know, not like a day later. Oh, yo, man, I'm so sorry, man. You know, it, it comes off a little more professional when you just jump on things right away. So I feel good, that. Good to meet you, man. <laughs> nice to meet you. And like, uh, just looking through uh, all, all your credits, all the stuff you worked on, you've got, you've got quite a, you've got quite a resume, but uh, before we jump, uh, jump straight into that, let's, uh, I'm going to start with some basics, namely uh, introduce yourself to the people and uh, how did you get into music originally? All right, cool. Well, my name is Richard Rodwell, uh, born in England, Jamaican parents, grew up in Canada. Um, the musical journey started at a very, very early age, like five. So my parents bought me an organ. Um, one of these little plastic organs that stood on legs and it was one of these things that you, you had a keyboard and you played the keyboard and on the left side of the organ you had chords like so you press a button and you get like a D chord, you press another button you get like an A chord and like while you're holding down the chords you can play melodies on the keyboard and I was like I was just fascinated I was like wow man you can you can you can press this thing just press your thing with your with your finger and and music comes out i was fascinated and so from then i started actually making my own songs and you know my whenever family was over my parents would be oh richard play them a song and so okay <laughs> um you know and so that's, that's how it started and then i did it in public school and did talent shows and stuff like that and, then, and i was like oh. i was like man this is this is this is great this is what this is my purpose to, is to make music yeah, that's a, that's actually pretty cool. I never I never actually seen a toy organ like that. You just press one button and it just gives you chords like that. It's pretty. That's a unique uh, toy organ. Like when I when I came up, I I grew up around music myself too. Like I came up in the church, right? So oh, nice. uh, I was always I was always around music. Like if you weren't singing, and my grandparents were playing like they're playing Mahalia Jackson or they're playing the Winans or wh whomever else. 
But um, no, but that's that's all besides the point. So yeah, you started off young, and then around let's say mid '80s, you get yeah, you get into music production and management. You're working with uh, Beat Factory. Now, when I when I knew of Beat Factory, when I when I was growing up, like in the mid '90s, Beat Factory was a uh, Beat Factory was a record label, and they had artists like Infinite, Citizen Kane, Cardinal Official. And I think a little later on, Glenn Lewis. Yeah, they had Glenn Lewis on the roster for a bit. But before, but before that, it was mainly a production and management company. And you were, and according to your website, you were a co-owner of that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take you back to the roots of how this all started. So there was a gentleman by the name of Ivan Barry. Um, I'm sure many people have heard that name. Mm-hmm. And um, Ivan went to the same high school as I did, which was Dunbarton and Pickering. And another good, 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 good friend of mine who actually showed me about electronic music, his name is Lennox Grant. His name has got to be in this interview because if he wasn't around, like I would, I would have no idea about this electronic music. And so anyways, Lennox and I would walk around the, the hallways playing little Casio keyboards. So he had a Casio keyboard. You know, remember the ones that just got, well, this might be before your time, but- it had I know the, the old school ones, yeah. Yeah, he, the little, he had a little tiny one and, you know, it had the, you know, the da-da-da beat. Oh, I know that one, I know that. And so he would play that and was doing these little melodies. And I was like, whoa, that's that's cool, man. And so I'm like, okay, well, if you got one, I then I got to get one. So I bought a Casio keyboard and the two of us would go around in the hallways just playing jams, right? And then like crowds would be around us. And, oh, look at those guys. That's so cool. And so along comes a guy called Ivan Barry. And he's like, oh, you guys, you guys are great, man. You know, I could get you, I could get you gigs at the roller skating rink, you know, because he, he used to, he used to um, do like management at a roller skate, local roller skating. So we got his shows and we started doing like these live shows. And then we got a singer, Rupert Gale. And we were known as Traffic Jam, and we went around playing all around Toronto and just doing all these shows. And like I had six keyboards on one end, and Lennox had another six on his six. end. Yeah, six. I had three. I had three and three, and he had three and three. And we we just did these shows, of like these electronic shows, and people were like really digging it. And then. We were doing that for a while, and then we were like, hey, you know what? Well, why don't we start a production company? Well, what's a production? Well, you know, let's let's make these grooves, but make these grooves, and then people could, you know, other artists could sing on them. So Ivan was like, oh, man, I met this guy called Louie. You know, this guy is great. You know, Louie Robinson from the Dream Warriors, of course. And, this guy's great. you got to come and check him out. So we went and we watched the show of Louie's World blown away uh, i'll tell anybody out there louis louis is like really really talented and then we, that's how it all started basically we just started you know making music making records um we we did a demo for the dream warriors and we did the three song demo and i even took it over to england via a guy called nick smash who was a publicist um and Nick, I think, brought it to Island Records, and Island Records was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. But you guys got to finish an album immediately. And wow. That's that's how it, it all started, and it was like 19-hour days and 
sleeping on the floor in the basement to do the do the record and um you know sure enough um wash your face my sink was the first single went top 10 in england we did a whole six week tour over there and, and that's that's basically how it all how it all started. that is uh, that, that that's crazy like that's uh like y'all yeah y'all listening in that is dedication hard work when you got uh, well when you're doing uh, an album uh, and like and like yeah we have it well we got it a little easier now because like nowadays you can you can set it up all all the shop in your home now like you got the studio set up you can bring people in but back back then uh, back then it was a lot different though totally different totally different i mean i remember um like when you when you say when you say started from the bottom now we hear it like like <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about taking my keyboard, lugging it down on my back, taking the T2C and going down to like the basement of a barber shop and setting up and doing recordings, like real, you know, real grassroots stuff, right? That's, so, uh, that, that's what makes it that's what makes it hip hop though, just taking it uh taking it to the grassroots. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love stories like that. So Fun. Okay, so for viewers who aren't familiar, and there's a lot of Canadian viewers who aren't familiar with B Factory, like these guys, that they they were the they were the urban label uh, in Canada for uh, for most of the late '80s and a good chunk of the '90s. So like a lot of a lot of Canadian hip hop came through that label, or they were managed by them. So you had Mishy Me, you had Dream Warriors, as Richard had just mentioned. You had Maestro, HDB, and a few others that names are escaping me. And it's like, and that's not, and those aren't. And those are like small names, like Dream Warriors. Like Dream Warriors uh, sold like a million copies all over the world with their first album. Everyone knows Maestro, Let Your Backbone Slide, Straight from the Basement, uh, Stick to Your Vision, all, uh, all that kind of stuff. Mission Me, Jamaica Funk, Canadian Style. And Private Symphony, my Maestro album, which I did. Uh, private Symphony, the slow Yes, song. Private Symphony. And so I, I want. So like that brings me to my next question. So like you were so. Yeah, you were one of the pieces that were so integral to uh, to not just B Factory, but bringing uh, bringing hip hop to the mainstream in Canada. How did you? How did you? Uh, in, besides Dream Warriors, how did you encounter and develop like Maestro Mishi and all these early all these early acts uh, with your management? These these were these were people that that, that Ivan just you know he, Ivan just just found the talent right, and he's like, hey. There's this girl called Mishy. She's dope, man. Like, like, let's do some tracks for her. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And then put together, you know, tracks like Jamaican Funk and uh, On This Mic and stuff. It's just like, yeah, Ivan would go and find the talent and say, here, you know, make some tracks. And I'd be like, okay. And it, it just, that's how it works. I want to, I want to focus on Jamaica Funk for a minute because Jamaica Funk is unique is because, um, that, uh, back, back then, like, uh, putting like island grooves and hip hop together was uncommon. The only other example before that was, I think, Roots Rap Reggae by Run DMC. So that, so Mishi kind of, Mishi and Dream Warriors, I can't leave them out, obviously. They pioneered that type of, that type of sound. So had, how did you guys know that would have such, uh, did you guys know that have like such an impact on Canadian music? Well, not really. Eh? At, at the time, we, we were just we were just doing what felt right, right. Um, there's another gentleman I got to mention his name, uh, Howard. Um, he 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 was came out of the Chic Dynasty crew. I mean, 
he he helped with a lot of the production as well and um you know he came with ideas that just you know we always used to think outside the box right just it, it wasn't like oh let's do this oh we know it's going to blow up mm. it's like hey let's do this because this just feels cool right? I, feel, i feel that that's how it should be done but was there ever like a time where you felt like this could uh, this could like really really blow up at some point no i know I know me personally I never felt that maybe maybe others did but I was just I was just always doing it just just for the love of, of making music you know and that's perfectly that is how she that's how it should be I I agree completely and I see a lot of dudes that a lot of dudes today I'm not not naming no names <laughs> but a lot of dudes like they make music to make money and I and I feel that too like I want to make money off my music too but like if you're not putting any soul into it no no one's gonna So no one's really gonna rock with it because it's not gonna be authentic. Yeah, then it then it comes then it then it turns into an assembly line, right? Then you, mm. you're you're just you're just you know you're turning the knobs and you're pushing the buttons and okay yeah this is gonna chart okay let's do the next one you know what I mean you you yeah. have, have to have that 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 raw passion still just you know just to do it and just to when you listen back you're like yeah this is dope you know and. and Hey, if it sells great if it doesn't sell great you know that in your heart you made something that's that's really cool oh yeah definitely uh that that, that i am so then yeah, you and, and you mentioned you did uh you worked on maestro's debut and one of the tracks was private symphony yeah and so uh, create uh, creating creating that album um What was what was that process like? Because Maestro was Maestro, like for his time, like he was. The, I kind of compare. I've kind of compare like a lot of his early stuff to like, like Hank Shockley and that and the, and the Bomb Squad stuff because it was so it was so dense and sample heavy. What was that process like? Well, I I didn't do the whole album. That was mm. Peter. That was Peter and Anthony Davis. Those guys. Did all that stuff, the crazy, the, the, the layering and the layering of the samples. I just did the one song. I just did Private Symphony. They called me in and said, "Hey, we need a slow song." And so I was like, "Well, yeah, man, I'm the guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll give you that that nice, you know, laid back groove. Yeah, I can do that. That's a um, that, that's a sweet track. Yeah, you know, just that kind of old, real old school. But yeah, the layering and the sampling i mean i did that stuff on the dream warriors album but that maestro album I, I okay so going off going off that you guys were like you guys were the pioneers for r&b and hip-hop yeah, in canada but the the thing about the thing about that is that that music well black music was not really being ex accepted in canada at the time it was being sh it was being shunned by radio you'd be lucky if you got on was much music around at the time yeah 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 much much music was around but it, it yeah. was all everything was rock right i mean i remember us going walking into the Eaton center uh in toronto and having you know ghetto blasters i guess or you know those big boxes mm. and walking in and people just looking at us like what are you doing and and you know turn turn that shit off and you know all all that sort of stuff right and it's just funny how 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 everything is 180 now everything in advertising is hip-hop based and tv shows if you listen you know it's all it's all hip-hop yeah it's it, 
it's all hip hop, you know, everybody, everybody saw the potential dollar value and, and it's just coming, coming from the roots and, and not being able to play it loud and no, turn that all the way in, you can't play it to now, it's mine. <laughs> But that brings me back. That brings it back. Um, so, but uh, like I was saying back then, like it was a struggle. Like at some point, the like airplay just stopped. It was hard for any uh, black artists to to virtually break through. And to make matters worse, the CRTC for like a a good decade uh, wasn't trying to give no radio station like a uh, black a uh, black radio law license like. Uh, Milestone Radio, which was owned by um, what was his name? I forget. I should know his name. Denim Jolly. Yes, Denim Jolly. They're like they tried, they tried three times to get a license, and they kept getting passed over for rock or uh, country stations. And the CRT, and in the case of the country station, CRTC straight up said, uh, "We think country would be better for uh, the diversity of uh, of Toronto's." Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't even. It's and, and like. Boy, whatever wrong. Well, that's what that's why we did that that music that that music uh, dance appeal, dance, right? Dance appeal with Billy Bryan, God bless his soul, from the Parachute Club, and we we you know we got together and we, we just all created this track because it was like, man, if if people won't um listen to what we're saying, well, let's just do a wicked song and and here here like what more can we do? Like let us have what we need, right? Yes. And, it's like uh, yeah it's like uh, it's like you got and you guys and you guys took it to the CRTC too cuz you called it you legit called it um can't repress the cause right and uh, I I was just like and like months before I months before like I got to interview you I was um I was listening to it like it shout, shouts out to Devin he actually has a mirror of it on his YouTube you guys should check that out so Devin was on it Maestro was on it HDV uh dream warriors messenger and a whole bunch of other canadian dance and uh, r&b hip-hop uh acts were on it it's like and, it's, and the hook is always staying in my head whatever they say hey they can't stop it's like yeah. and it's like people like people look at us like they see like they see drake they see tory lane's cardi and all them but it wasn't always sunshine and rose and rose was like it was Oh, like you were a lot of guys were doing this and weren't and weren't uh, getting fed off it. It was just and it's just like crazy just how shut out uh, uh, uh just one uh one of the biggest rising uh, genres uh, uh was getting ignored. And it and you look at the any in around the same time, if you look across the border, like hip hop was quickly becoming the the most popular genre. Uh, in the, in that country, because that gang, gangster rap was uh, was hitting. Teddy Riley was doing this thing with the new Jack Swing, along with Jam and Lewis. And you just look and you're looking at it like, what? Well, uh, well, why can't why why can't they listen to us? I know it, it was it was frustrating, but you know, like any like the old saying goes, you can't keep a good thing down, right? Mm. And here we are, here Definitely. we are, here we are, right? I mean, you can't you can't escape hip-hop you know i mean it's 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 amazing how it's reached such a cross-section of people because before you know you you if you if you're on the road and you hear like boom boom in a car you you look around and oh okay it's it's a brother but nowadays like that's just (laughs) 
that's just totally changed, right? It's, it's yeah, anybody. It's, it's, it's anybody, right? And which is which is great. And so and going going off that struggle, um, so like there there's no there's no airplay. My uh, maestro around that time goes to the U.S. to try and break in there, and uh, and uh, hip hop and hip hop while it doesn't go quiet, it's not heard. It's not heard. Uh, it's basically not heard of unless you're listening to campus radio. Down here in Nova Scotia, like we still we still have a lot of that sh- struggle. We tried we tried like everything to get uh, a hip hop station down here, and it's been, and we got close. We got close a couple of times, but uh, each but each and every time, like they would the uh, whatever company was doing it, they would pivot at the last second, and they uh, and they would flip to like oldies or uh, or pop or pop top forty or something like that. You guys still don't have a hip like uh, 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 an urban station down there. Uh, no. Um, no, we uh, no, we, we don't have uh, yeah, we don't have urban station. We have rhythmic top forty, which comes close. Um, uh, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting the uh, ten minute warning that this meeting's uh, gonna end because I'm on the free version of Zoom. So I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna stop this meeting right quick and start another one. I'll send you an invite and then we can resume. How's that sound? Okay. okay. Yeah, that sounds great. This groove. You've been more than just my lover. You've been my lady, a special friend. So take my hand and let's engage in a private symphony.
through the morning. I'll still hold you tight, while a beautiful sunset's forming. See, we don't need no band, baby, or no rhythm section. Cause in this symphony, harmony's made from affection. We'll be rolling, squeezing, pleasing each other, girl. All over and over and over again I could never, ever love another And while the harmony plays Our love will never fade Cause from this day until eternity Sweet music won't be made Cause you've been more than just my lover You've been my lady, a special friend to me So take my hand and let's engage in a private symphony. Sorry for the interruption, but I about the brothers not balling, so I can't have Zoom unlimited. <laughs> but um, I try to keep I try to keep this on point. Uh, so I was talking. Yeah, we don't have a well, we don't have a urban station down here. It's mostly if it ain't if it ain't country, uh, it's pop, uh, and if it ain't straight up pop, it's rhythmic top forty, which allows for some hip hop, but not not quite. So yeah. we've been so like we'd have we have to rely we'd have to rely on. Uh, CKDU, which where I where I used to work at, that's my former place of employer employment. Um, da, 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 like they they always they always held it down with hip hop there. I had a hip hop show there. Uh, my cousin still has a hip hop show there. Shout out to RS Smooth with Smooth Grooves, and like that's basically if you want if you want real hip hop, that good hip hop, that's where you go. Otherwise, you have to list you have to sit on regular radio down here and wait for the hits to pop up. Okay. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, um, what 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 do you think? What do you think um, would be needed to make that change? 
well, first and foremost, you need someone with money uh, to, to make a station. I want to I want to do that myself. That's one of my dreams to make a hip a dedicated hip hop station. But I need like finance shareholders who could back me up and a good plan, obviously. And one thing that could probably help spur that would be uh, probably like my uh, doing doing our own version of like can't stop, uh, can't repress the cause. Uh, no, but like, uh, but, but really, you just need someone who has the vision and who has the plan. Uh, and even if that, even if that means having to like, having to go to go corporate uh, to, to do it, it still means like we have a dedicated black, uh, black station that plays hip hop, reggae, maybe even some house. Because don't forget, house was black music too. A lot of people don't, a lot of people forget that that came from Frankie Knuckles. Rest in peace. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, uh, but that's a but that's a whole other conversation I could spend hours talking on. <laughs> um, uh, back to you though. Um, so around around the mid nineties, you uh, you left Beat Factory, and then yeah. and then you start working in TV. Yeah. And as I and as I mentioned earlier, this man has this man has uh, done some stuff for like course entertainment that I grew up on myself. Like you've done my special book, Little Big Kid. Alpha to Omega, Warp, a lot, a lot, and but this is before uh, this is before Treehouse itself was split off into its own separate station. This was all this was all when YTV was still one, uh, one, uh, one, one channel for both preschoolers and teens and everything. Yeah. So how did you get your foot in the door with television? <laughs> Interesting story. Well, again, thanks to the Dream Warriors, um, YTV reached out to us to come to to do an interview on the dream warriors and so the interview was set up and we were a beat factory was was based out of ron nelson's you you've heard of ron nelson i guess of course right fantastic voyage and he put out he was mm-hmm. you know a hip-hop promoter so beat factory was in ron nelson's house in the in the basement and so ytv reaches out to us and says hey we want to do this interview on the dream warriors and so um we were like okay sure and so they they come down the producer and a co-producer and they bring this camera equipment and everybody's going down the stairs (laughs) crammed little tiny six by ten little room if that maybe it was three by five and hot as hell and so they're you know they're interviewing the dream warriors and then you know the interview is done and then a gentleman by the name of Rick Watts, um, who was the executive producer at YTV at the time. I thought that name was familiar. He says to me, he says, hey, Richard, um, have you ever thought about doing music for television? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean doing music for television? Because right? I'm, I'm here thinking the only way to do music and make money is, is to do an album and go and smoke mm. beers and, and do a show. Right. So he's like, well, I had no idea what he was talking about. He says, well, you know, I've got a new show. Um, it's called It's Alive. And, and we're looking for a uh, we're looking for an opening theme. Oh, you did that? <laughs> yeah, that's me, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. Like I knew it was I knew it was Ruben, but I didn't know that was you. I didn't see your name in the credits. Damn. Yeah. 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 It's alive. It's alive as me because. Uh oh, was a little skit in "It's Alive." Yeah, it originated from there. Yeah, 
Right. So, so the, this is my first step into television. What's was it's alive, and so Rick was like, "Well, why don't you do an opening theme for us?" I'm like, "Well, what's an opening theme?" Like I had no idea, clueless. <laughs> <laughs> and so he says, "Well, it's like you know, all you got to do is like 30 seconds of you." And I'm like, "30 seconds? <laughs> here, here, <laughs> here I am for the last umpteen years doing tracks for like four minutes. I'm like 30 seconds, and." He's like, yeah, you know, we, we pay and then you make royalties. And I, I had no idea, right? And so it, we went back because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do this TV thing. He was like, he was like, come on, man, do it. You're going to be good at it. No, Rick, I don't know. Come on, do it, do it. And so I, I caved and I said, okay, yes, okay, let me try to do this theme. And so he says, we're looking for something kind of like on a horror kind of tip, right? <laughs> and so the first thing that even before I started recording the first thing that came to me was like right and i'm like oh and so anyway i put the track together i send it to him and he's like wow this is incredible he sends it to the to the people above him and he's like yeah okay you got the gig and so that's how it's alive started and then after that Once it's once I got my foot in the door, then like like yeah, all all the producers within YTV, I was like the, the go-to guy. Hey, I got a show called Warp. Can you, yeah, man, no problem. Hey, I got a show called Alpha to Omega. Can you, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it just went going like that. And then Uh Oh came along, and he's like, "We need something really cool for Uh Oh." So I did the theme for Uh Oh, and the show didn't even have the green light yet. And once they heard the theme. Everybody in YTV freaked, and they're like, "Okay, not not only, okay, so we've got the green light to go ahead, and check this out. We're gonna construct the whole set based around your music." What? So 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 that's why the show looks and feels so tight because that that opening animation, the the very first thing they had was the music. So everything sort of fell in place after that they did the whole opening animation based around the music and then from that opening animation they created the set based on the music crazy stuff wow. and 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 that's how uh oh came came to fruition you know and um it's just a blessing you know it's just 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 a blessing and and <laughs> that's that how it, that's how it came about and then so with uh oh i'm doing i I'm, i'm doing everything so i wrap the opening theme right take you on a ride to a place that's live with the music the bump in the big you vibe it's all bumping you around the corner but a little uh oh, uh -oh. <laughs> yo that's how that, that, uh, uh when you were making the theme for uh, for uh oh who was that singing on the uh, on the song Well, that was a, an artist by the name of Camille uh, that I was working with. Uh, I worked with her for about seven or eight years. We were doing different um, songs and we were just, you know, just developing as an artist. And we got actually got signed to a publishing deal with BNG. And then she put out a single uh, called Deeper Shade of Love. I don't know if you, you remember that song. I don't know if you I don't think I heard. I don't think I heard. I heard that one, actually. Deep, deeper shade deep, it's a pretty cool track you know, google it um but yeah that's she was the one singing the track she was in in the studio one day and it's like hey you know, i got this thing for you to sing oh, okay cool that was sort of it 
Batista. Uh, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty dope. And um, so yeah, you make you make the song. You get uh, yeah, you get yeah, you get the you basically you basically uh, get the green light off the song essentially. And how does what was it? Well, no, what was what was it like on the set? Do you have any memories with like the cast and crew? Um, the, the cast was awesome. I mean, all those guys. Um, Scott Yaffe, who was Wink Yahoo, of course. Um, the voice guy who did all the announcing, Dwayne Hill, Robert Tinkler. All these guys are are great guys. Uh, Robert Tinkler's doing like huge stuff in voiceover now with um, doing a lot of voiceover work. He's like one of the top guys in the world. Hey, Mr. Um, Vo- Mr. Voiceover, he was one. Yeah, he was one of the top guys. Dwayne, he's done a lot of Canadian animation. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne and uh, Dwayne and Robert Tinkler doing doing tons of stuff. But th- it was just fun. I mean, I remember we we did um when the slime tour. You know, we 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 I had the opportunity of going all across Canada. So we went all across Canada, mm. uh, no- Nova Scotia. Um, you know, Fredericton, yeah. Cornerbrook, Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, all these and, places. Um, y'all, y- y'all came. Yeah, when y'all first, when y'all first did the slime tour, y'all came. To, y'all came to my town, but I couldn't join in it because I was still in diapers at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah. I think I think y'all came here twice. Once you went to Halifax, and I think you went to I think you went to Yarmouth the last time y'all did the slime tour here. Yeah, I. I mean, it's so far back. I I think so. Yeah, I'm going to Yarmouth and um. A couple, couple other places, but good times, good times. Yeah, that's uh, it. Sounds like yeah. I remember there was a there was a small little documentary about the show. It said the reason the slime tour was so popular was because you guys, you guys went out of your way to go to the smaller markets, and everybody would just flock there. It would draw, and it would draw huge crowds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. The reception. There's, uh, you know, like rock star status. There's, there's like every, oh man, there's, it was so nice. So the excitement and just how, how into it people were, you know? It's cool. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, and eventually the show grew. The set, uh, the set got a bit of a redesign. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then you guys started getting more sponsors, better prizes. And it's just, uh, uh, it's just, uh, it's just, cr- it's just crazy. Like, it's not. It's night and day between when the show first started and like a, a couple years later because I've actually I've actually had the opportunity of seeing the original pilot episode of Uh Oh when, okay. when it when it first aired and this and the set is like night and night and day uh, between uh, when it first aired and when you uh, to when you watching like night the in nineteen ninety nine two thousand because the set da, 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 the the set's kind of a little plainer but you can still see the the whimsy there but then come to turn of the millennium everything's all sleek all yeah. kinda, uh, all more like um it's more like you're on uh uh what was that show us in your hall we uh had when you had when you was airing all the music videos and stuff uh the, oh, um, the music machine or whatever it was called before the arsenio hall show before he had his own show you mean or? no it, it was around the same time it was around the same time yeah, I can't. I, I, yeah, I think it was called. Yeah, I think it was called like the music machine or something like that. But that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. You could really see the money how when it was the electronic wheel instead of just the wooden wheel and mm. you know little, little stuff like that. It was quite the experience. Yeah, definitely a big upgrade from it's alive um, in its original incarnation. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think. 
I think if I remember correctly, actually, um, I think Scott from time to time in uh, Toronto, he yeah he does uh, he goes to conventions and he does many uh oh uh, panels uh, and he brings people up. They yeah, they do slime yeah they do slime stuff and everything. Yeah, I think he does a lot of the, the Comic Con sort of um, stuff, and uh, I don't know if he goes in costume or not, but I, he I does. No, no, he does. He doesn't do the hair up no more, but he he still got he got the dapper suits up still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it was just it was just a it was just a great experience, you know. And then, um, you were the sound director too, right? Yeah, I did, bro. Every sound in that show, it's me doing it. So, like, when when you hear the wheels, so I was basically on the side of when we're filming. We're filming at Global Studios, mm. and I'm watching the gameplay. So the kids are there, and I got the earpiece on, hearing from the control truck. Okay, camera left, go to okay, camera three, did it, and I'm following everything, and I'm doing everything live. So I've got a sampler that I had a Roland S550 sampler and I'm triggering everything live. So opening theme, I hit the C chord, opening theme starts. We go into a bumper, I hit another chord then the, the bumper music starts. Um, when they go to speed round and you hear the that's me triggering another key. Everything was on the fly. Even wow. the Plinko, remember the Plinko thing? The dump? That, that, yeah, the, the dump, all the sound effects, that dump, yeah, all of that is me doing stuff live. And the plinko, when the when the ball is going down the plinko board, I'm on the big pinball thing that they had. I'm on the side, and I'm I'm doing all the pinball sounds and clicking the keys, and and that they have the dump. That's the sound. The so whenever the dump goes over the kids, that's I created the sound effect. It was it's a toilet flush with my mouth going. So I make, <laughs> I mixed the toilet flush with the, the that, and then I transposed it a bit, and that that's the dump sound. That is crazy. Really, you make you make, you make it you made it sound like vivid, yo. Yeah, yeah. I, one thing I said when I when I was contracted to do to do the sound for that show, I wanted it to be as visual as possible. I wanted it to be like you're actually in this, like in a world. Right, so uh, that's why even when the when the wheel is spinning and you hear the that's me on the on the keys going. Wait, so that's real? That's real sound? That's real. That's everything was in real time. Yeah, so I sampled like a like a little. I think it was my mouth. I sampled it. I just went, and so then I put it on the keys and it's going. So I'm pressing the keys. All live, and you're just, and you're just watching the camera, just uh, seeing how it exactly. <laughs> I, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. That's like I was like, uh, I don't think I got the dexterity. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. But uh, I want to jump back to the theme song a bit. And like, how 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 did that come about? Uh, like creating it, like putting it together. Because because when we talked in email, like yeah, uh, because like there was the initial theme song, and then there was the there was the 1999 remix, which added like organ stabs and, and some extra scratches and everything in it. Yeah, I mean, I did the original, and then three years later, Rick said, "Hey, let's let's do an update." And so then, um, I just I don't know, I just I just thought, okay, well, what would sound cool? And 
I, I don't know, I just modernized it, you know, just the starting it off with and was that was that like oops was that like a was that like a guitar with a phaser on it or was that um i'm not a guitarist i've never i've never played guitar ever but it was i don't know it was i had the roland 2080 back in the day and i think i i don't know i took some sort of sound and i guess transposed it and ran it through something and then i i i can't that make that, that makes sense because you can like transpose like most sense and, like if you put like enough distortion on it, you can get like a guitarish sound but, yeah. like that's cool that's cool though I use uh, I have a it's virtual but I have a 5080 myself oh nice nice yeah so I use I use a lot of rolling stuff so like I was like yeah that's uh, I love that it's that's like dope. That, that, that's how I started out I started out I started out my first rolling I'm taking you back man this my first rolling gear was a TR six oh six. Oh, the, the drum machine. The little little silver drum machine, and and I had a my first synth was a JX three P. Wow. Yeah, and so I had a, and then I got the SH one oh one was the little um, sort of guitar um, keyboard thing. Um, I had an eight oh eight of course, and then I got up into the samplers. I had a Roland S three thirty, and then I got two SY fifties. But I I've been rolling. Rolling an apple, rolling an apple—they're like, they're like this. I've been rolling an apple from the get. You rocking with the Zen beats, I see. <laughs> yeah, that's to represent. <laughs> yeah, and of course, me myself, me myself, as you can see, I'm rocking, I'm rocking the uh oh guy gear. Shout out to Retro Crush. You're not sponsoring this video, but they did like a YTV retro package, so they were, so they were making like some classic stuff. I got, I, rip, I always rip the red team, so I had to show my colors. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, and um, so we're gonna t- so right here we're gonna take a quick uh, musical break, but um, but we're gonna play we're actually gonna play the uh oh theme. But first, before we go, what do you what do you say when the government says they want three years in back taxes? Uh oh. <laughs> Place that's live where the music is pumping to make you vibe where there's always something new round the corner. Gonna play a little uh oh. Make you jump to the beat, cause it's time for a treat with the questions and answers to try to compete when your time's up and you say what you're gonna do. Let me hear a scream uh oh. Spin the wheel, speed round mayhem uh oh. You gotta spin that wheel, say what's it gonna be? And you're back on the Joy Rap with your man Vidal Gabriel. We're here with Richard Ra- uh, Rawell, and we've been talking like, uh-oh, B-Factory, Dream Warriors, YTV, and all that. And so, like, I can't, and I and I can't understate just how just how much uh, influence this man this man had on me, possibly you, if you're a Canadian who grew up like in the in the mid in the mid to late '90s, early 2000s, because like he did a he did a lot for YT for YTV, and he did especially uh-oh. And like I and, I and as I told him before, like uh, somehow it, it would be amazing if like the old soundtrack was so widely available. Cause like the theme song, like the theme song, like yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like it's like this mix of techno, new jack, uh, and like I think a little bit of breakbeat in there. And then throughout the show, you have like other other elements of techno. You have some go go, uh, like just uh, like it's different. They're all they're all different, but it, but they it works. Well, one, one of my favorite bands is Devo, right? Like that, <laughs> that you guys are probably, oh, Devo, man, they're crazy. But 
Uh, Devo and Kraftwerk, right? Like, I mean, Kraftwerk. That's that. That's a good band. Devo. I mean, those guys are just so different. I remember buying the first the first album, Freedom of Choice, and I took it home and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is just just dope. And so a lot of the uh oh stuff, it's got that weird sort of left of center ish kind of. Like I love that stuff, right? And then, but if but but if but if it's the show because because of the wet because of the wackiness and the mayhem and all the slime. Yeah. So like when you it's like yeah, so like yeah, you come to expect you couldn't expect you come to expect it like that off kilter stuff, but it works. It gets it gets it gets you hyped. Yeah, man. Yeah, it worked out. Uh, for sure. So you've also you've also done stuff for commercials. You've done a Vince Carter commercial. You've done Olympics. You've also done uh, uh you also done a, a documentary, Raising Kane, which was about Citizen Kane and the rise into the into the scene actually shout out to uh to jay to jay spade i interviewed him like during the pandemic about citizen kane really cool guy um so like but and then then eventually yeah we get we get back to itv and you're doing yeah you're doing some stuff for anime and uh, and and like uh, and like again like uh people don't realize just how how much uh, they owe like the anime boom of the 2000s to like uh to canada because we were we were dubbing a lot of a lot of stuff before like guys like funimation were stepping in we were dubbing we were dubbing sailor moon we did the og dub of uh dragon ball uh, like you know a whole bunch a whole bunch of uh, uh, other other stuff too uh, like how how did uh, and and how did you get involved with like doing the stuff for nalvana like for Beyblade and card captors? Um, there was a, a gentleman by the name of Stephen Hudecki, who was the music supervisor over at uh, Nelvana. And it was me. I just, I don't know. Just <laughs> just one day I was, I was like, hey, you know, I kind of want to do music for cartoons. And then, and then I just reached out. I just sent, I think, a cover letter. Hey, my name is da-da-da. I've done, you know, stuff with, you know. And it just, it just sort of, formed from there you know going off um, of that um uh you still you still you're still working in tv as you mentioned and you're working with nickelode nickelodeon and everything and you've also done a uh, cash cab as well yeah yeah actually uh did the opening theme and and all of the music uh, in cash cab um funny story how how i actually landed that so Rick Watts, producer of YTV, once he left YTV, he always went to different production companies. And this this is this is another thing for all you all you kiddies out there. Make sure that you establish contacts and and keep in touch with people and just just be just be a good person that people will be like, hey, I want to work with you again. For some reason, Rick really liked me and we he kept in touch with me all through the years. So once he left YTV, he'd go to different production companies like, hey, there's a show coming out. You should try out for this. I'm like, okay. Hey, I'm, I'm over here now. There's a show coming out. You should try out for this. And so Cash Cab came along and he's like, hey, you should you should try out for this. This this one, this is going to be big. Like this is, this is going to be, because it's an ad. It was actually created, I believe, in England or one of those other countries. So they got Cash Cab America, as you know. Oh, Cash so it was, ad- it was an adaptation, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Canadian Idol or American Idol. So this was a Canadian version. And then, so the producers called me 
and and said, oh, you know, you know, uh, Rick Watts said, da, 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 da. so we'd like you, you know, to try out for the show. This is trying out for it. So, you know, I did a theme, and they're like, mm, it's not bad, but mm, try to do another one. So I did another one. Then they're like, okay, um, can you try something that sounds sort of like Lenny Kravitz, but with a sitar in it, you know, like. <laughs> 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 like that's one thing about ad agencies and, and some TV reps. Like they they just they just don't know, right? And so we went back and forth, back and forth, and I gave them like about nine different themes. Going back, oh, try this, try that, and I and one day I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my gear down to your office and I'm going to create something on the spot for you. That's exactly what I did. I took my so, computer. You took my, everything. <laughs> you took you took everything and just went and just said, "Hey, I'm setting up here. I'm showing you how I do it, and you're gonna like it." That's exact. That's exactly. That's exactly what happened. I took my keyboard, <laughs> my computer. I set it up on their little desk. Oh, we've got some speakers. Oh, this is so great. This is. Where would you like to sit? I'm like. <laughs> Hey man, I just need a table and a table and a chair, and they're all like hyped. And so the associate producer is sitting right beside me, and so he's like, "I'm like, okay, what do you want?" He's like, "Oh, oh, can 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 you do like some rock?" And so I go, oh, "Okay." And so I pull up a guitar sound and do a drum beat, you know, whatever. And then did like a guitar, whatever, and. They're like, oh my god, this is great! This is great! Thank you so much for coming down. And and then I waited, and then three days later, I got the email, and they're like, yeah, you know, we just wanted to congratulate you. You've been awarded the gig, and so that that was just the start. So now I've got the gig, and now I've got to do versions that the network likes. So you know, I've done the. I'm in, in the, I'm in the production company camp. Yeah, yeah, we're rooting for you. Okay, now the the, the head guy at the network, I had to, you know, he is, he's got to sign off and everything. And again, I did maybe another five or six versions to the point. Wait, and I got to admit, this was the most stressful time in my life because they got to a point where they said to me, hey, you know what? You've got one more shot at this. If you don't get it, we're going on to somebody else. And I was like, oh man. And I don't wow. know what kind of stars I prayed to and what kind of energy I got, but I just, I did one more and I knocked it out of the park and they're like, yeah, this is great. And then that's what you're hearing on TV now. But it was, it was well, well worth the effort, you know? So to anybody out there, man, like, if you really, really want something, you, you you have to do whatever it takes to get it. And that's the moral of the story. I feel I feel that, but it sounds so bureaucratic, though. Like you had you had you had one version that was slamming to the production company as making the show, but then uh, you had you had to make a version that the higher up said uh, uh, said was better. And I was just like, I don't I don't really. Like uh, I get there's not always business dynamics I play, but I don't re I never really got that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I always look at it like this. Even when you have a debate with somebody about music, at the end of the day, it's just art. That's all it is. It's just art. 
So how my vision and your vision might be slightly askew. It might be slightly different. And then you've got to work and kind of work back and forth to get to where you want to get and to where I want to get. But at the end of the day, it's art. It's just ideas, right? So I don't know. For me, I just I just kept plugging and plugging and plugging, and um, I'm really glad I did. Oh no! Well, de- oh, well, definitely Cash Cab is success. Uh, is successful. You did a great theme for it, uh, among sure. all the among all the other themes and various uh, soundtracks you've done and worked on. And kind of yeah yeah and re- and really though uh, you guys should really. Yeah, like uh, like like Richard said, you guys should really keep plugging away, even if it's not something's not successful at first. You just keep making something that somebody's gonna gonna love. Yeah, and it'll be well worth it, and you'll be making good money off it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, you've got to you've got to do what's right in your heart, and you've got to keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't don't because sometimes it's hard, man. It's it's hard being an artist and. Oh man, is anybody ever going to like my stuff? Is anybody going to see my vision, right? But you just keep going and keep 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 reinventing yourself. You know, just because you make dope trap beats, don't just be stuck in the trap beat pigeonhole. Mm. You know, try and try and try and diversify. Try, you know, just say say to yourself, hey, you know what? One day I'm going to make a country. It might it might suck, but it might be dope, right? It might be you might find a different way of doing things in your brain, and you know, some, sometimes that's why I like to mess around with different uh, DAWs, different uh, audio workstations. I'm a Logic guy. I'm a Logic guy through and through. But sometimes I'll just just for something to do, just to test your brain. Like I'll you know you know download it like a Fruity Loops or or some other little program and just see, hey. Let, let me see what I can come up with. Right. Mm. Always good to push your brain. Push your brain constantly. Test yourself. Say, hey, you know, even in logic. I mean, some even even right now. Look, everybody, I'm 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 working in logic right now. I'm actually working on a track for uh, some TV stuff, and it's like some logic has got thousands of, of sounds, right? But why don't you go into the sounds that you never always use and see if you can create something? You know, that's where the real creativity comes from. I love that. I love that, I love that right there. Cause that's something I try to do. Like if something, if I feel something bland from my usual sounds, I dig in and see what I haven't done and see, uh, see what I can come up with. And if you squeeze hard enough, just might be a diamond. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's exactly how you got to think. Keep pushing yourself, and um, sky's the limit, man. Sky's the limit. You did two songs for Card Captors, one of which I could not get because I got blocked everywhere for some reason. Which, which, which one did you try to get? Uh, let's go. Let's I ended up, go. yeah, I ended up getting whenever you try instead. And that, and then you also did uh, All Across the Nation for Beyblade and for Metalbox. Asked me, man. I think I, I, I did. Think, I think I got let's go on on the old computer that I did. I, 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 I did, but it was like it was. But when I was when I was looking for it, it was like it got late. I was like, I don't want to. Uh, I, I know I know he's an hour behind me, but I don't want to bother this man late that late oh, at yeah. night and stuff. Just ask, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. You did you did a song for Beyblade. You did a song for Met for Metabots. 
Yeah. And uh, it's just, uh, and it's like people will often brag on some of these dubs and, pro- and, pro- and probably rightfully so because a lot of stuff was changing translation to a ridiculous degree to a censorship and all that, which, hap- which happens when you broadcast stuff on the kids' network. That's inevitable. But no, no, no but like your, song, your, your songs are stuck with like a lot of Canadian kids who grew up watching, uh, watching those shows. And so Thanks. they can't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not just saying that just the biggest man up like this, that this is a dude that, that this is a dude who literally like without me knowing like shaped a lot of my child my, my my childhood from the from, from the pre-k to like grow uh to, to like getting into my teen years and it and everything and plus he was also he's also instrumental like shaping my taste in like hip-hop because like i'm a i love maestro i love mishi dream warriors and all and all and all of them and like i have i actually have the beat the beat factory compilations and i have all their albums and everything because <laughs> wow. like uh, yeah, because like I love, I love the, I, I love the stuff he did. I love the stuff B Factory did, and what these artists did, and how they shaped ca- Canadian hip hop and hip hop in general. If you want to be honest, because a lot of these, because uh, even though they might be ignored by like the U.S. or the wider world, these are a lot of these are artists that should be spoken in the same names of like uh, Queen Latifah or a uh, or a uh, 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 who am I looking for? Like a Rakim or even a Tribe Called Quest. Those are the they're on that upper echelon, in my in my opinion. Cheers, cheers, man! Thank you. And you know, uh, I uh, again to, to to all to all you kiddies out there, you know, <laughs> it, I I if anybody who's getting into music, I would strongly suggest, strongly suggest that you diversify your palette as much as possible because i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do the music that i can do and be so versatile if i didn't listen to rush if i didn't listen to the cars if i didn't listen to fleetwood mac and and bon jovi and and Mm. you 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 have to you have to really you know because a lot a lot of you, sometimes people get pigeonholed, right? Oh, that's rock, man. Oh, man, I, that's rock, man. But I'm telling you, it, it, it really rounds you out as as somebody, because when you're creating music, as you know, sometimes a lot of times you're, you're pulling on stuff subconsciously. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I was listening to a, ba- a, a band, I was listening to a track I did the other day for the new, new Index album. And I'm listening to the um, the drums that I did. So I did this, I did this drum pattern on one of these songs. It's like, and and some guitar stuff over back that I did on my keyboard. And for some reason, I when I grew up, I listened to it. This is this is way before your time, maybe. But I listened to a band called the Stranglers, and the Stranglers is a is a punk rock group from England and I something told me to just listen to them because they're one of my favorite groups when I was growing up and I was listening to this one song called um I think it's called genetics and all of a sudden I hear this and I'm like oh my gosh I I I must have subconsciously (laughs) not even thinking about it but I'm like oh shit that that sounds like the thing I did on this new new index track, you know. So, yeah. 
It, your sub your subconscious is always working in the background so that again i'm just going back to my point of submerge yourself in stuff that you normally wouldn't listen yeah. to just don't just don't make it obvious so you don't take it to court <laughs> yeah 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 exactly but i'm just saying like the more stuff you listen to the more your subconscious will just pick up little tiny things and you know that's it uh, that is good advice though because like i because uh, like even though i do a lot of rap like i do you hear a lot of r&b inflections in my in my work i grew up what really got me into music personally was michael jackson and so like billy jean to me was like the most sonically perfect song you could you could make so like i so like i got into the stuff of quincy jones i got into rod temperton and his crew uh he oh, wave uh the james ingram and then i started that branch me to getting into bobby brown teddy Riley, new edition jam and lewis and like and now and now i'm slowly getting into um electronic stuff like house break beat techno and all that and trying my hand at it so it's always so sorry you may not be able so like i'll put it like this you may not be able to do everything but it's good to, it's good to have some working knowledge of other genres so like you can incorporate it and sound and sound more versatile yeah, the, you, you hit the nail. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, Jam and Lewis, but that, those are my boys, man. Those are my boys. Those guys I got... Think, I think Jam and Lewis are the guys who can do everything because they just... Because they've done... They've done New Jack. They've they've done, like, Princess Sound. They've done, like... Ja, they've done, Janet. like, hip, Janet. They've done, like, straight-up hip-hop. Like, House. Like, they rock. Like, what, what, can't, what can't these dudes do, honestly? Yeah. Those guys are serious, man. I saw. I remember seeing the SOS band in concert at concert hall, and I was like, "Man, these guys just really good." Oh yeah. So before we uh, before we start wrapping things up, um, what's your uh, what's your uh, what's your opinion on current music t- today? The sounds, the production styles, uh, and everything. Well. There's there, there's some really innovative stuff, some of the trap stuff and like what they're doing, you know, like it's like, wow, really, really cool. But then on the other side of it, just for the hell of it, the other day I turned on, uh, there's a station up here, KISS 92.5. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what, let me just listen to the, the current stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, like it's, it's carbon copy. It's like... Mm you know ed sheeran and all these people everything's calypso now so everything's got that backbeat the that's not surprising that's not surprising though everyone everyone now first they were jocking hip-hop now they're jocking the island music reggae calypso soon soon they'll be doing soca stuff you'll be hearing that you'll be hearing that caravan you know what i mean and and now i noticed that the new so there's slightly weaning off of the calypso um, but now they're doing the um the, the new hot beat is the, which is the which is um take on me you know that song yeah. take me yeah so if you listen it's like that it's like the euro beat that that's that is the hot thing now you know i heard the same beat Ed Sheeran's on a new track with this and, and Harry Styles and so I'm like oh man you know like 
guys, just be, just come out with something really, really original. But it's, it's hard, I guess. I don't know, but it's not necessarily. Then, I wouldn't call it hard. It's like because in that in the music industry, especially if you're on a big label, you got deadlines to meet, and a lot of guys, especially now, they're using like sample sample loop packs. And don't get in before I go on. I'm not, I'm not knocking sample loop packs at all. I use sample loop packs. I've used Norma Cook stuff. I've used Best Service stuff. Like. Uh, but the thing, but the thing is, though, it's not. It's a matter of how you use it. So, like, I could, I could take a drum loop, chop it up, and what, and whatever. Not the same with the synth. But like, if you just, if you're just using just a plain loop, people, people will notice and say, "Oh, this, this guy bit this dude," and so on and so forth. Yeah, be as original as you can. I've, I've never used that sample loop stuff. I, if anything, I'll, I'll make a beat myself and sample it, and then, and then I'll you know detune it and chop it and do all that stuff but i, mm. I mean stuff is good but i think i think to be totally 100 creative just do everything from scratch yeah and i feel and i feel that i do I, I do try to be as original as i can but like yeah if i'm gonna incorporate like a, a drum loop or something i'm at least gonna do it my uh, my way put some of my flavor on it you know yeah so uh, and so like and also uh, concerning the current shift of hip-hop like i think a lot of that a lot of them using like the the soca break beats and stuff a lot of that came from drake because when he dropped because toronto always had like a big caribbean influence that's why we have caribbean and stuff even over here in nova scotia we had well we got deep uh, roots with the uh caribbean too uh but like uh when drake dropped like views that was what'd you say controller like when yeah. he did that and not just not just controller there was one dance which was afro beats like basically that entire album people were like yo we gotta hop on this and people were already hopping on it for years like let's go back to let's go back to the beat factory days of when they were a label let's, go, let's look at cardinal official let's look at the rascals they they were they were already doing that mission me was already doing that like but uh, like that was not that was a thing for decades in canadian music and hip-hop and that and then the and then the mission was like oh let's uh let's use this now yeah yeah like you, you hit it on the head exactly yeah because we were uh because we were the inner because we were the innovators for that and i'm getting the 10 minute warning again so i'm gonna speed this up a little bit and All so right. well what is mitch what is mr rodwell doing now you mentioned you were working on a new album for someone yeah new 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 index album we, we album's complete we're going into the mastering stage right now and this this is this is going to be cool this is going to be some really really cool stuff can we get any guesses as to how it's uh, going to sound duran duran meets depeche mode meets the pet shop boys meets marilyn manson <laughs> like that, it's that's all that, that's all mix i have i have to listen to this yeah yeah some different stuff man very cool and what have you been doing in television currently? Currently, like I said, I'm I'm doing some stuff uh, with Nickelodeon, just doing doing some tracks for them and doing doing some singing actually singing in the cartoons as well and <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it, and doing voiceover work as well and so it's it's like just I'll just being just jumping in just just doing it all right just doing it all and. Uh... And uh, one more thing, where can uh, where can people find you? Uh, where can they uh, well, where can they get, get your uh, get your work? Richard RichardRodwell.com. Simple, 
Richard, R-O-D-W-E-L-L.com. Got my email thing there. Just click the little email button like you did. I mean, there's, there's a snippets of my work and what I've done. And mm. I keep it, keep it simple, you know? Okay. Okay. Thanks for your time. <laughs> no, thanks so much. Cheers, man. And to close out of here, we're actually going to play some cuts from Beyblade and uh, Card Captors. So thank y'all for tuning in. And I'll see, I'll see y'all next time. Signs, heard it through the great vines, four lines, four of the fake cats, fake minds.